サードコーストベースラジオラディオスサヘルサリソベース第三海岸第一收音機トリーチラジオバスギターレバシシルバスラディオカテオ
when you said you got dark Red dot on your head, no makeup, better wake up Cause you ain't no packy No run off a left is Aki, I need new words I can mix with Blacky Who the one? Red dot on your head, no makeup, better wake up Cause you ain't no packy No cracky, I need it together like that's in Clappy Yes, when you said you got dark Red dot on your head, no makeup, better wake up Cause you ain't no packy No run off a left is Aki, I need new words No makeup
Make sure they're all dead before you leave.
Defeating a sandwich only makes it tastier. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
appreciate your time on that so we'll just go ahead and jump right into it man uh tell me about yourself who's brian uh what's your story oh man uh well i'm 28 years old um i live in fort collins colorado um been making beats for about nine almost 10 years nice um i started out not really doing like music stuff like when i was a kid you know i was you know i was pretty poor growing up and you know, I, I spent a lot of my time alone, and then I, I got to high school, and you know, I started making friends and stuff like that. I started playing sports, and I actually went to college for football. That's like okay. when I started like getting into like the electronics and stuff, and went to my first couple of shows like Panty Raid and you know, Red nice. Rocks and Bass Nectar before he was you know, shamed. That, you know, that old chestnut. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that honestly turned my head, and so I quit football and started making beats. And, you know, uh, ever since then, stuff started happening. I've honestly been blessed to be able to play shows with a bunch of my favorite artists and go out of state and play a bunch of festivals and make a bunch of friends and connections. And I'm just honestly happy to be here, so... <laughs> Awesome, awesome. Yeah, that's uh, that's what's up. I fucking hate that all that shit happened in the music industry. Well, I'm glad a lot of these people, you know, they, they were shamed and brought forth to attention, so now we can do a bunch of healing together, you know? Um, uh, I agree. So you said you don't really have, like, you didn't have, like, any previous musical history kind of growing up, like, any classical training or anything like that. So what what was the, you know... Um, kind of spark that got you going from, you know, someone who was kind of an, you know, avid listener and fan to someone who wanted to um, step up and, uh, you know, create art yourself? Honestly, it was just the feeling that it gave me. I mean, just yeah. like, a, I'm sure like a bunch of any other artists that attended their first bass show, you know, but like, I honestly just wanted to make people feel good. And, you know, I kind of wanted to be a part of the whole shebang and make a bunch of friends and you know just be a part of the whole, the whole culture and it like 
I came from like a bunch of kids that were like Plur and like we did a bunch of trance shows, nice. you know, BT and Kyle and Albert, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, I got to live the best of both worlds, you know, Plur, bass music, dubstep scene, all the goods. I mean, I have a destroyed tattoo on my arm, so. Nice. <laughs> so where did your moniker come from? My moniker? It's my last name. My last name is Krim. So when I when I was like finally making my own beats and I was like coming up with it, I thought I'd keep it classy, keep it a little nasty. Nice. <laughs> nothing nothing too tacky, you know. So I thought I'd just branch something off of my last name, and that was like one of the first things that came to mind, honestly. And everyone calls me Krim anyway, so nice. I just it just kind of it just kind of stuck. Yeah, I actually enjoy it. Uh, I remember, uh, you know, when Compression Festival happened, I was like, I, I enjoy that. And even before, I think I discovered your music probably on SoundCloud before then. And I was like, that's just a, that's a dope-ass fucking name. <laughs> I really like it. I do use it, too. I like to, like, reference my music as, like, top-shelf beats, creme de la creme, you know, like that old T.I. tip. <laughs> nice. So let's get into uh, your song, you know, your mix. Um, where does the track selection come from? You know, um, let's let's get into that. Um, honestly, I most of my mixes, I just kind of go with the flow, just do whatever I'm feeling. Um, I wish I could have played more of like homie stuff coming around, but um, yeah, most of the time I approach my mixes and my sets open-mindedly and. I don't really even know what I'm going to play until I'm going to be up there. I mean, like, I'll do my set prep and stuff like that. I'll download and buy all the music that I want beforehand, but I'm never sure what I'm actually going to play until I get to the show and feel the vibe out and see where everyone's at. Nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, honestly, the complete opposite. I feel like I'm like, I got to prepare. Let me practice at home. Make sure my shit's on point. <laughs> yeah, I can't. My brain just races at a million miles an hour anyway, so I just try to I try to ease my mind and put myself in a good mental space before then, and then once I'm there, most of everything else just kind of falls into place. And I normally, most usually play a pretty good set, so... Nice. Yeah. Um, that's, that's interesting technique. I'm, I know a lot of people are, you know, a little different. So I, that's one thing I might start asking people. So thanks for giving me a, like a little tidbit, you know, how people prepare for their yeah. sets. That's pretty good. I like that. So who would you say inspires like, you know, like the creme brulee sound, like your soundscape in itself? Oh man, there's a bunch of people. Um, I mean, I definitely listened to a lot of trap and stuff back in the day. Like, um, Panty Raid, um, Chase and Status, and all that cool shit. I kind of branched off into you know, like the Nero stuff and Cursa and Amon Tobin kind of early, so I was kind of thank I'm kind of thankful for that. Yeah, that's uh, nice. I definitely like to implement a lot of grunt, you know, monsterish kind of Leviathan kind of sounds in my beats whether they just be little subtle hints or something I'm like emphasizing on um I don't know uh I gotta say I like Space Jesus I really love Space Jesus he was a big influence on my sound and he he was a really cool person to me and I definitely digged his vibe for what it was when he was around 
Yeti, Weep Whoop, all those cats were definitely a big part of my shebang. Yeah, uh, champions. These days now, you know, I'm, I'm listening to you know, a lot of Charles I, Cursa, uh, anybody that's making your own. Uh, McMahon, Bleep Whoop, Kill Smith is my favorite, you know. Kill Smith is the all-time favorite. Yeah, Kill Smith and the Kill Bill sets too are always immaculate. Ultra Sloth and Kill Smith. That shit that, that gets me every time. Yeah, dude, being out here in Colorado, I've been out here a couple years now, and uh, Black Box has straight up just spoiled us. Like, it's I fucking love that place. Blessed. <laughs> Blessed. Straight up. You don't catch an Ultra Sloth set at the Black Box, you're messing up. <laughs> straight up. So do you believe there's, like, you know, like the lifestyle of being a musical artist, do you feel like this lifestyle has kind of taught you something that you might not have learned otherwise? definitely taught me a lot um i definitely don't fuck with a lot of people that i used to anymore just because um they show their true colors definitely like lifestyles and like lifestyle i definitely can't like go out and be partying anymore i don't really even drink really or do much other than smoke pot that's just because my body's you know like i don't know this overall the music scene has taught me to just be humble and to appreciate the ones that appreciate you and definitely to support those who support you and you know to always be kind because you never know how someone is feeling and you never know what someone's going through regardless of their status or where they're at in their life you know they could be a big dj they could just be someone in the crowd but Regardless, you got to treat people with respect. Yeah, that's that's uh, should be like rule number one, honestly, in this music industry. And a lot of people um, sometimes forget that um, just because they're so involved in their own world. But yeah, everyone has something going on, and I Especially think that's Colorado. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, do you feel like um, like you said you've been doing this how long? How long we've been making music now? About nine, ten years. About nine, ten years. That's a good yeah. amount. So if you could go back that 10 years and give yourself some advice or um, even like an up-and-coming producer that's listening to this podcast right now, uh, you know, a little tidbit of advice for them, uh, what would you give the, or yourself, you know, that advice? Easy. Don't listen or pay attention to what social media or anyone else is doing. You know, yeah. focus on you, focus on your craft, focus on your vibe and everything will fall into place regardless of how long it takes focus on you and your vibe and don't focus on what other people are doing because that will eat you up and i've watched it eat up a bunch of my friends it's eaten me up at times i've seen it eat up plenty of bigger artists that are seen now yeah so just stay true to yourself and you know i hear that extra baggage out of your ear definitely yeah it's it's so easy to be uh you know comparative in this scene and to fall prey of that shit just you know wanting what someone else has or yeah it's uh, i'm sure we all fall to it you know that that comparison but that's that's true shit man just keep to yourself you know keep to your art and the rest falls in place eventually for sure exactly i mean i've only been doing this for i mean i have been doing this for like nine or ten years i only have about and I'm thankful for the three, three and a half thousand followers I have on my SoundCloud and social medias. You know, it, 
a lot of it's due to like the kind of music I make and like staying different and you know trying to stay true to my sound and what I like the music that I like to make and listen to and just hope that other people vibe on that wavelength too you know definitely I I, I agree with that 100 percent um, so let's jump into the mind, uh, your mind as a producer. Um, what's your favorite doll? What do you? What is your go-to doll? Ableton all day. All Every fucking day. day. <laughs> no, that's right. But um, what do you think about like you know dolls in themselves? Do you feel like the doll is just the tool? Like kind of dolls can all do the same thing, obviously. But uh, do you feel like some dolls are a little bit better at other things than you know other dolls? Uh, honestly, I couldn't. I couldn't tell you because I've met <laughs> plenty of people who make beats on FL, like DMBU and yeah. Rest and Pierce work on freaking Fruit Loops and you know everyone from Tipper to fucking everyone else works on Ableton. So like, I don't know. I can uh, every every dot has its props. Every dot has its limits but I, I can't hate on any dog uh, but i i go by ableton just because that's what i learned on and that's what i'm comfortable with and right that's where i can branch out and put out what i'm thinking on onto paper you know what i'm saying nice i feel you on that so do you have like a specific like kind of go-to vst or do you have like a specific piece of hardware that you kind of use like you know in your templates or all your tracks or something like that I mean, a lot for a lot of my like basses and like weird distorted neuro sounds and stuff. I honestly just use operator, nice. and yeah, a lot of my sounds go through operator. I stand by operator. You can pretty much do anything in that standalone thing. Yeah, and it's super powerful for sure. Super powerful. Other than that, I, I do a lot of sample sample editing too. I like to make my own samples and cut and chop them and stretch them and make do with what I got. Um, I'll have sessions where, you know, I'll just chill and without a beat and I'll just make sounds and record what I make. And then I'll go back and use those sounds later in an idea or project. Nice. Um, I do use a lot of fab filter and Valhalla. Um, Serum sometimes, if I, like, I can't make a wub or like I'm trying to make something like more defined, I'll open up Serum, see what I can do with that. But yeah, most of the most of the time, I'm sticking with Operator, if not just chopping up samples that I'm recreating in there. Um, sign this sign compression, um, you know, all the goods that make a good neuro track. Awesome. So. Um, this kind of segues into the next, like, so let's say, you know, you're working on a brand new track, like, what's usually your procedure? You said, you know, sometimes you'll just spend sessions just doing sound design and then coming back and writing over, you know, kind of what you recorded in, but what's your usual procedure when you make a track? Um, depends. Well, I mean, 90% of the time I'll open up a project and first thing I do is make the beat. Uh, I won't fuck with the sub or basses or any of the other elements. I'll find the kick, the snare, and the other elements, and I'll make a standard beat. And then I'll build something pretty basic off of that. And then from there, I just treat my track like a 
like it's a puzzle piece. I'll I'll build it, and then once it's starting to have structure, I'll just add a little implements here and there wherever it needs. And most of the time, I base everything off of the beats I make first. Um, normally, after my beats, I will go and whether it be sound design or just like pulling out samples and seeing what I can recreate with what I've made. I try to find a standard little groove that I can make, you know, bounce, bouncy, sound nice. And then from there, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> it just, it depends. I, I treat my track like a puzzle piece, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely, and kind of just... But I base everything off of the beat. Okay, and then just, like, you know, build around it from there. I build all around my beat. So what do you think about, like, you know, like, the plug-in universe? Like, do you feel like there's too many fucking plugins out there? Like, not enough? Like, I know Ableton way by itself... <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm I'm telling you, man, it's like... Way too much money. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't lie, I kind of want that new VST that just came out. It's called Vital, I'm pretty... Not Vital, um... Some Distortion, freaking... I think I got an, I think I got an ad for that. Yeah, I feel like I just got an ad for that or some shit, and it looked pretty, yeah. pretty decent. That looks pretty sick, but other than that, like, I don't know. Like, you can make a lot of good music with what you got you ain't gotta spend thousands of dollars on vsts and... yeah like these computers are so fucking sophisticated like everything's in the box at this point and i, I believe you definitely yeah. definitely learn the instruments like at your disposal before you try and branch out with all this shit like because you can easily get like overwhelmed by buying a bunch of gear and vsts and shit like that and then you're just not making music because you're like i don't even know what yep. the fuck i'm doing with any of this <laughs> and Yep, and these days, that's what I'm sticking to, and I'm, like, sticking back to, like, going back to my roots and just messing with what I know and what I'm good at, and, like, it's honestly been working for me, and I've been making some of the best music I feel I've made in a long time. Badass, badass. So, yeah, and I, I guess that kind of sticks way into our next... Um... Like, what do you have going on in the future? Like, you got some shows coming up. You know, I know you've been releasing some tracks. Uh, what do you got uh, for your projects in the future? I just got this show with the homies at the Black Box. It's in the lounge. Um, other than that, um, I like to keep my options open. But as of now, I don't really have anything planned. I like to just chill and keep building on my music so that when it starts to get warm again and festivities start to come around, that I have all my weapons loaded and... <laughs> All my ammo ready to go. I hear that for sure. Fucking awesome. Yeah, I'm but, gonna. You know, I'm always down for like parties and you know, well, well get-togethers this winter. You know, fun things like that. Def. Yeah, man. I planned on coming to that Black Box show, and we gotta uh, kick it after that for sure. I'm always down, man. I got no plans afterwards. Bet. Um, so, this is one of my favorite parts because the music verse is ever-expanding. Um, if you could recommend a couple of artists to be on the podcast for, you know, the next upcoming episodes or seasons, who would you recommend for the podcast? Oh, that's a good question. I got a couple, homie. Uh, I shout out my boy Swaz. Uh, he goes by Swaz. Uh, 
is my main man. He's been making beats for a while too. Um, it's really slept on in Fort Collins. I've never seen. Um, check him out. Yeah. Um, as well as Bankaji, um, Jack Attack, Denizen, Trip Drop. He's a good homie. Uh, I know he's getting a lot of hype lately. Um, yeah, man. Those are the homies. For sure. Check them out. Yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll get with you after this and uh, I'll get those links so I can reach out to them. Um, so where can people find you on the interwebs? What is your ats, your call signs, your smoke signals? Uh, my smoke signals. <laughs> uh, you can reach my SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash I believe. And you can hit my Instagram at Instagram slash underscore official. Um, I post some fun pictures there here and there, but yeah, I uh, try to stay off of Facebook. You can add my personal profile. I'll probably add you there before I add you on my artist account. Yeah. I just want to thank you so much, man, for being on the podcast, bro. Like, thank you for taking the time to do this. We're always super honored to have like, you know, just an ever expanding universe of musical talent out there just waiting to showcase that to the world you know if it wasn't for you guys this podcast wouldn't exist so i truly want to thank you for your time no man i appreciate you thinking about me and considering me and having me on and letting me do my thing on your show it means a lot no problem i so hope everybody enjoys they will definitely so i'll give you um you know your last words of wisdom to any of the producers or fans that are listening to this podcast right now um you can say your final goodbyes Thanks, man. I uh, just want to say thanks, and I appreciate you all. And Yeah. Looking forward to the future, and thanks for fucking with me. Fuck yeah.
Okay, listen up. You and I were connected, whether we know each other in person or through this miracle of connection that we call the internet. We have been connected for a reason. So listen up, yeah. This world is changing really fast. So if you're not doing what you love, You're not doing what you're passionate about, what you feel to help the world, to help yourself. Then what are you doing? What are you doing? Because this this world is really crazy. You don't know what's gonna even be happening in five years. Just stay centered on what you want now. That is all that matters. Do not get pumped up. This 
on the motherfucking streams. What's up, Chris? Say what's up to the people. What's up? How's it going? Fucking excellent, man. Yo, that was pure vibes there. I really appreciate that, man. So we'll just go ahead and hop right into it, bro. Um, who's Chris? Uh, tell me, you know, what's your background story? Ooh, yeah, Chris. Who am I? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Uh, well, I'm from Dallas, Texas. Um, Pretty much been here my whole life, although it looks like the, the wife and I are about to move to L.A. Uh, but yeah, man, I got into music uh, at a pretty pretty young age. Um, I started playing cello when I was five and then uh, picked up piano, like uh, improvising and stuff like that on piano and guitar around like 10 or 11. And then really got into DJing in high school. Uh, was a... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> playing uh, vinyl back then this is like nice. the early 2000s and uh, yeah and then I actually thought I was going to get into psychology uh, just when I was going to college and I uh, decided to take an elective uh, class on synthesizers <laughs> a really nerdy class to take in college but I took one class and I was like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> I think I need to be making music so I took another, 
music composition class uh, with actually the same teacher. And uh, yeah, that was it. I changed my major, did music composition, got a minor in theory. And I even did a lot of audio engineering also in school. I got like a audio engineering certificate. And uh, yeah, that was kind of the path to me getting ready to be an artist. <laughs> right. And then uh, not long after that, I started actually producing. It's a big difference, at least for, for me, from doing all the schooling and then saying, oh, I'm actually going to start doing this stuff. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And I was going to ask, so like this, this classical training that you had kind of previous beforehand, um, and then I, I would like to kind of jump into that synthesizer class. Like, was it more so the concepts that were being taught um, that were, I guess, would you say like kind of hooked to you as an artist? Was it more so the uh, technology that was being demonstrated or, you know, was it just hearing it? What, what exactly kind of reeled you in? Yeah, man. Well, uh, I was already into electronic music, and uh, funny enough, I uh, when I was a kid, my, my father used to play, uh, <laughs> used to wear uh, out this switched-on Bach is what it's called. It's like electronic versions of Bach. Uh, I think I've heard of that album. Yeah, nice. Yeah, and you know, when I was a kid, that shit just blew my mind, to be honest, because it was just weird, weird sounds, you know, you couldn't hear them anywhere else, and I think that, and then, like, I don't know, Chemical Brothers, Prodigy, that kind of stuff, uh, just really got me excited about electronic music, and so, yeah, when I took a class just for fun, just hearing the sounds and starting to understand how they're made was just, yeah, pretty mind-blowing, and to, to be more specific, what I really like about music production is that it's very, it's both very left-brained and very right-brained. I know that's not a seg into my name, uh, but it's just both, <laughs> there's very technical aspects to, to writing music and engineering, which I really, really like. It can be very technical. Yeah. But then there's very, like, absolutely creative, random, artsy stuff you can do. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, I really like having access to both, to just being able to explore both sides of making music, you know, making art. Definitely. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm just going to ask, you know, if that classical training kind of helped you to where you are today, because I, I, I feel you on that, too. I'm audio trained from Full Sail University, and sometimes I'll find myself doing, you know, just like theory shit, but it's it becomes so tedious at some points. You're just like, well getting kind of bored and then you obviously you know you switch over to where you just kind of start messing around with sound design and things like that you know the creative aspects of it and then you know those beautiful little chaotic moments um totally. so definitely having that balance and it's funny that you said left right because i was obviously going to be like oh is that a sagan's here name <laughs> but yeah man i would like to know so um you know you took your synthesizer class you have your musical training things like that and you're finally budding and you're like all right this is what i want to do uh where does the origin story of you know the left right moniker come from yeah so um that came about actually there was two of us and uh <laughs> i remember I mean, this is a, it was a while back. Uh, we were we were playing kind of more progressive stuff back then. Nice. Um, but there was two of us, and we were trying to come up with a name. <laughs> I remember at the time there was this act called Dual Progress uh, that we were we really liked their name, and we were like, oh, man, we gotta we gotta come up with something like that." <laughs> <laughs> 
we like because they have like progressives in their name, even though my my stuff isn't quite as progressive now. But anyways, yeah, we it took us a long time, but our our last names started with L and R, and that's kind of how it started. So we were like DJs left and right was actually the beginning of it, and then probably in about two thousand eight, my partner at the time uh, decided to move on. He was, uh, I think, dealing with some family stuff, and then he ended up moving also to uh, Oregon. And uh, at that, that was right around the time we'd been DJing at that time. But that was right around the time when I, I had started producing Yoshi in the chat. That's my cat. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, and because there was, I think there was one other left and right, like in the UK at that time, uh, we decided to. I decided to put it under left slash right. Uh, and then from that point, that became the single moniker going forward was left, right. So that's how that came about. Nice. Yeah, man, I always wonder about, you know, obviously the typical origin story, but then I see a lot of artists uh, having a lot of names based off of, you know, search engine optimization. And, um, I'm kind of running into that issue right now. There's a few metaphysics out there, and I'm like, ugh, what do, what do I do from here? Do I rebrand, or do I just keep going? But <laughs> it's a whole yeah, damn journey. Yeah, not good for search engines. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think when you, well, I'm pretty happy, because at least the last time I checked, I, I still end up in the top 10, but when you search left, right on Google, it's like something like, 20 billion results or something. <laughs> like, oh, man. It's like, damn, dude, I wish they would have taught us that in school. Shit, man. <laughs> yeah, totally. So, man, let's yeah. go ahead and hop into your mix. I really enjoyed it. Um, let's talk about your track selection. You know, um, what made you choose those tracks? Um, you know, the tracks that you had in there that are yours and things like that. Uh, what, what inspired the mix? So, Conduit is uh, my... My pride and joy, that's kind of my event branding type thing. And uh, I really am trying to have Conduit be always be something kind of weird and kind of special. Nice. Um, and so, yeah, that, that particular show I had a bunch of the homies here in Dallas uh, play with me. Uh, Eisenberg and uh, Brady. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's Brady is Creed. <laughs> and, uh, Put my Clarity. artist name in there. <laughs> Claire, Clarity, yeah, um, or Clarity Sounds, I think is her tag. Yeah, and uh, and Shree, another good buddy of mine, and then I even played under my other alias, U.S. We Then. But I re- really wanted it to be pretty eclectic. I wanted, uh, as as usual, I wanted to be kind of a mix of genres and vibes. And then um, I tried to reflect that in my own set too. Uh, so yeah, uh, I mean, it's definitely a mix of uh, some. Uh, broken beat stuff as well as some like weird darker house stuff and some garage I think is in there um, yeah but just trying to pick out some of my favorite artists and put a weird mix of shit together nice <laughs> yeah no dude pretty much nice. always my FS with DJ really fucking dope yeah and I'd like to ask you about that like um you know at this point in time where you're at in life as an artist um who would you say um, are your biggest inspirations right now? Kind of like what inspires the left-right sound design or soundscape right now? Mm, yeah. Yeah, well, it's constantly changing. <laughs> so whatever <laughs> I say now, maybe it is uh, in a couple of weeks. But 
Uh, yeah, man, I, I can name some of my favorite artists uh, that are doing for me right now. I mean, uh, Throwing Snow has always been a really big influence for me. He, he's definitely more on the quite artsy side. Okay. Um, he's out of the UK. Um, I'm positive I have some. I have one of his tunes in there. Um, and another big, big influence for me is Bicep. Uh, or, uh, doing massive, massive stuff in the UK right now. And I, I think they're really bringing back this kind of cool, I think they were the beginning of this kind of start of this cool, like, oh, can be real synthy, kind of 90s-ish throwback here and there with uh, a little bit of progressive vibes here and there. And a lot of my stuff is a little bit heavier, but, you know, I mean, I even just talked about how I came from some of the more progressive stuff a long time ago. So it's kind of cool to hear some of that coming back. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually writing some more kind of like ravey stuff right now. I, I love it. It's kind of exciting. Nice. Yeah. And it's funny that you say that, um, you know, when you came out here to Colorado for the Stanton show, um, I was surprised to see, you know, the scene being so involved as it was. It was very, you know, community-like, and I, I loved it. I loved the vibrations out there. It was super awesome. Yeah, man. Uh, I love Canyon, too. He's a, he's a homie. Yeah, Canyon's a fucking guy. I love that guy, for sure. Shout out. <laughs> yeah, no, he's a great dude. He, he does good parties. He's got great sound. Yeah, man, that was a lot of fun. I, honestly, that was uh, I was really stoked about that lineup because it was definitely... Good, good people from all over uh, yeah. flew in for that one. Like, I, homies from a bunch of different cities came in. Uh, what was Stan Warriors, myself, uh, Ernesto, CLB, my, was, oh, and Morelia. Yeah, yep. Morelia was there. Oh, and Sinistar was there too. So yeah. See him. Yeah, man. That was that was a that was a real one. <laughs> it, was a, it was a good fucking show, man. But um, yeah, man, dude, we'll go ahead and move on. And uh, I guess we'll just kind of talk about, you know, your life as an artist, um, kind of things you learned and such uh, things of that nature. Um, but, you know, kind of being an artist and being on the road, you know, airplanes, things like that. Do you feel like this particular output or this lifestyle, do you think that there are some lessons kind of learned that you might not have gained otherwise? <laughs> uh, I mean, I definitely, I'm trying to put that into words. <laughs> so, I mean, one thing I'll say is that, at least for me, who's part, I mean, I'm definitely a mix of extrovert and introvert. So I, I, I love hanging out. I love playing events. I love sweaty crowds and the whole thing. But, um, but touring for me is can be pretty hard. <laughs> yeah. If there's one little thing to say, because, you know, I think most people think about touring is like, Oh, you get to play all these shows. And while that can be true. And while often some of the shows are really good, uh, the majority of it is just getting up early, going to a plane, waiting for two hours at the airport and then flying. And then two hours after that and, and a lot of lack of sleep and all that. So yeah, I'd say what it's taught me, you know, besides obviously that the traveling can be hard, is just taught me a little bit more about my personality and like kind of what I need. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm generally someone that thrives in chaos, but I think with touring, I found that too much chaos can be <laughs> a little, uh, a little crazy. So yeah, I've tried to uh, be a little bit more choosy about the kind of things that I do with that stuff and. You know, sleep sleep is uh, 
Sleep's important, man. Super <laughs> essential. Out, so you're really lacking it. But yeah, it's important. <laughs> nice. So if you could kind of like give some advice to yourself maybe 10 years ago in the game or maybe just, you know, an up-and-coming producer that's listening to this show right now, um, if you could give that person or yourself back then some advice, what would it be as far as this artistic lifestyle? Okay, yeah, that is a good question. I've been thinking about that recently. Um, yeah, so the biggest piece of advice I would give uh, young artist is find your community and when I say that most artists when they're they're young they kind of think that their community is their immediate circle of friends or even the people that are important to them in their town or city and that is not what I mean because that the whole first long portion of my career I was just constantly butting my head up against the fact that a lot of times your friends just aren't going to be into the same music you are. I mean, that's pretty normal, frankly. Yeah. And, and same with the people in your town. However, the world's a big, big place. And a lot of people might be really into the specific music that you're into and that you're making. And so, yeah, my big advice is connect with that community. That should be your focus as a young artist is making friends listening to artists that make the kind of stuff that you really like and then trying to connect with those people because just in my own career, once I finally made that click and I started working on a more global um, mindset rather than a, oh, how can I get booked for gigs here or something like that, then what do you know? All of a sudden I started uh, getting accolades like in some, you know, DJ magazines and, you know, I went and played... I went and uh, played at Fabric in London, and then all of a sudden, oh, people locally started to give a shit about what I was doing. So my point there is just, if I had just kept in the mindset of like, oh, what am I doing here with the people just immediately around me, I might not have kind of figured that out. Nice. That's, uh, that's fucking great advice. I hope you guys are really paying attention out there. Really good advice. Um, I've kind of learned that myself, definitely. Spread those wings, man. Spread those wings and get involved, you know, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah, and that's not to say, too, I want to be clear, it's not to say not to be involved in your local community. I think that's great, and it's also uh, it's a way to go. Yeah. But, yeah, just in terms of, like, the music I was making, you know, the goals that I was trying to accomplish and people I was networking with, that was, uh, it was cool to be able to do both, I guess. Nice. So the mind of you as a producer, let's kind of get into that. That way uh, the producer ears can start to pick up. Um, I always ask everybody this on the show. Um, it's just, it's pandering, but I love it. I love hearing everyone's ideas on just the tool set they use. So, um, you know, what's your, what's your favorite doll? What do you use? Yeah, so I'm definitely an Ableton dude for sure. Um, I actually do uh, quite a bit of teaching and so uh, I've had to, over the years, do quite a bit of work in Pro Tools and Logic, a little bit in Reaper and Bitwig. Nice. But uh, no, Ableton's definitely, definitely my ride or die. I spend, spend a lot of time in there. <laughs> it's so damn immersive, man. But do you believe, like, um, do you think it's just a tool? Or do you think, like, certain DAWs have, like, better advantages over like you know in some areas versus others totally no i absolutely believe that um each dog's got their pros and cons um 
I think Ableton, I think, is is very, very well geared for writing electronic music. So it's also traditionally just been really good on CPU, I feel like. <clears throat> um, and uh, it's also been really good for teaching because it's pretty, pretty easy to get started on it. And it's also relatively versatile in terms of being able to do live stuff. I mean, that's definitely a side to it that yeah. none of the other DAWs can compete with at all. Um, I do like uh, Logic really had a really good comping feature. And Pro Tools had it too, but I liked Logic's better for like if I was uh, <clears throat> recording vocals and you need to comp a bunch of takes together. Yeah. That's the term where you're just like putting your phrases together piece by piece. Mm -hmm. um, and then Pro Tools, I think, has got a lot of advantages like in the film world, especially. And that's a world I'm trying to get more into doing scoring and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, so I'm going to have to get get uh, back out again. I'm sure as I do more of that. But yeah, I do love Ableton a lot. It's just I can get my ideas down really fast. And uh, I mean, I like the mixing interface too. It's cool. Yeah, it's really good. I I'm I'm one of those weird ones that I've really loved Session View. Like just like you said, one for comping. I'm kind of I'm I'm on the board on where Ableton 11 is with this new comping feature. It's not as Great, but it, it's getting there. Um, but I, I yeah, love Session View. I, I have 11 and I haven't even checked it out. I mean, <laughs> what? <laughs> That's yeah, like one of the big I ones. Still use, <laughs> I still use 10 a lot. And uh, yeah, oh my God, I need to, I need to look at it. I've got it. <laughs> but yeah, man, do you have like a, are you more of a software or hardware? What, like what's your go-to VST or like your main piece of hardware that you use in all of your like left-right projects? Definitely a mix, uh, but my, my main hardware, the, the thing that you'd probably recognize the most in my music is my Nordly 2, which is, that's been my, that's another one of my ride or die for a long time. Uh, but late, I recently got, uh, like over um, the last year in 2020, since I was at home all the time, I got a some new sense. I got a, a sequential Profit Rev 2, and... Uh, and I also got a Mo grandmother, uh, which I'm letting up Trent Carl right now. But uh, yeah, man, I think that those three have really kind of rounded out my hardware. Honestly, the Nord and the Prophet are similar in some ways. They're both kind of like, uh, <laughs> I've never tried to describe them with mood words, but they're kind of like <laughs> mysterious, like very noir, weird, weird, eerie stuff, which yeah. I am a fucking huge fan of. Um, they're definitely very different since I like using both of them for similar reasons with that. And then the Moog is kind of, you know, your more traditional, you know, yeah. <laughs> bass, uh, you know, kind of technically sounding stuff, uh, which I, lo I love a lot too. Okay. Yeah. For this, for the software stuff, uh, I'm definitely a serum guy. Uh, and when I'm not around my hardware stuff, I often like using Monarch, which is kind of a, it's a Native Instruments Moog emulation. Uh, I like using that a lot too, but, and Serum is pretty, pretty hard to fuck with in terms of soft sense. Uh, it's just so versatile and there's it's just so many things you can do. Yeah, dude, Serum's off the chain. I've been, I've been digging more and more into Omnisphere, though, and that shit's pretty oh, ridiculous, too. I'm really, really into that right now. Yeah, that is a very good sense. I don't have that one, but yeah, I've got some good friends that that's, that's one of their names. Yeah, it's fucking, it's, it's for Donk. 
But um, let's let's talk about um, like left right. You're sitting in front of a blank Ableton project. How do you visualize or conceptualize your art onto the computer for us to listen to? What what's your normal you know techniques? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it definitely depends on what kind of music I'm making. Um, <clears throat> And, you know, because I, I teach and, uh, music production, I'm helping students every day, right? Different stuff. Uh, but for myself personally, I, I'm either going to start on one of the two sides. I either start with drums or I start with synths. If I start with synths, I'm just going to be playing keys. That's just what I do. Um, I just kind of, honestly, it's one of my favorite things to do in life is to just sit there and improv with patches and make, make a weird patch and improv some things and then just record it to fuck around with later. Um, I post more of that kind of, I actually have a side, it was called US Lead Them. Uh, and I just posted one of those today, actually, or I just, nice. just improv on a synth. Uh, but that's, that's where I'll get my ideas for obviously like melodic stuff. A lot of the US Lead Them material starts with me on a synth first. Um, but with left, right, the clubbier stuff, I tend to start with drums first. And same thing, I got to decide, you know, tempo and what, what kind of style I think I want to do. Uh, but if I'm doing, you know, a house track or a tech house or something like that, I might start with a, a drum rack or even a 909. Uh, but if it's like more of a ravey, some of the ravey shit I'm getting into, then I start digging through a big library of uh, old breaks and chopping them up and trying to do something weird that way. Nice. But yeah. Yeah, I'll tend to start with one of the avenues and then fill out either all the drums first and or I'll start with the synths and get the synths and bass first before I move on to the drums. But yeah, it's, I'm pretty flexible. It changes every time, to be honest. Yeah, and I was going to say, you know, you kind of being well-versed, especially being kind of trained and kind of, you know, a little bit in all areas for the most part. Um, you know, do you feel like that skill set helped you like moving forward, um, especially with, I guess, your club gigs? Or do you believe that you also had a, you know, a good amount of practice mixing tracks together as well? Like the whole DJ versus producer argument, should one be skilled necessarily in one in order to have, you know, advantages to the public? You know, if, does that make sense? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, <clears throat> I, uh... I love it all. <laughs> no, I think, I, I mean, I think a lot of people get twisted about certain things where they're like, oh, this guy is good at this, but not good at that. Well, I mean, I think everybody's different. And I think, yes, having musical training helps me with DJing and having musical training helps me with um, production. But there are really, really talented people that have no training. There are really talented DJs uh, that don't, they don't need to produce to be a good DJ. They're a great DJ and vice versa. And I think it's, it's hard to do all of the above. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think everyone should do what they want and <laughs> do what they're good at. You know what I mean? And I think it's helpful to study the other stuff, but you know, uh, it's not each individual avenue isn't for everybody fucking wise words right there i love hearing everyone's perspective on you know these these arguments that are timeless but it's um the the wise comments are always you know kind of in the same range which makes me smile so i hope everyone that's out there listening is listening yeah and i'll, I'll add one other thing which is i think most 
I think I think most people tend to think of themselves a little bit more as one or the other. Okay, oh, you guess. What do you think? <laughs> if I if I had to pick, if I, if I think I'm more of a media <laughs> producer, what do you? What would you guess? Would um, you I would say definitely on the producer side, production yeah, side. Yeah. But what's funny about that is I was a DJ before I was a producer for quite a quite a while actually. Really. I was probably DJing like seven or eight years before. That's fucking awesome. Producing. So. Yeah, I love. It's just it's a different thing and with production i really get to flex my brain i guess is the, the right way to put that so yeah i tend to be more on the production side nice yeah so i'm gonna ask uh like what what projects does the left right what do you got i know you're moving to california and shit from texas which which is a huge move and a move that i have haven't heard in a while like people are still moving to california after fucking covid <laughs> <laughs> friends there but also um, specifically i'm doing lots more with film and video stuff cool um so yeah to answer your question what's what's going on um i am working more with video stuff i've been uh, up in my camera game um been shooting a lot more with uh friends who are way better cinematographers than i am and doing a lot of scoring uh for for like ads and i'm trying to do more scoring for like short films and stuff like that. Um, so that's, that's definitely on the agenda. Uh, both left, right and us with them have more than an album's worth of material nice. uh, in the cut here. Uh, I've released maybe two ish singles off the left, right album. And I'm, I'm still trying to decide if I'm just going to release one more single or like a single on an EP before the LP drops. Uh, so that's that's coming on the left right side, uh, and us we them. I've been sitting on some singles that we're just waiting on um, some of my collaborators <laughs> to, to uh, decide when they want the release date to be and stuff like that. I've got uh, some remixes coming. Yeah, just uh, I think uh, you know you know the origin of the name left right, but I think what it's come to mean is I'm kind of going everywhere all the time <laughs> damn right yeah man i like to hear that do you have any plans on that lp maybe go into vinyl i'm like really into collecting everyone's first vinyl drop now that's like my thing <laughs> nice uh man you know the truth is i hadn't thought about that but it would be that would be a good one to do for sure yeah uh, that's something to think about i'm glad you mentioned that nice I'm, yeah I'm, i'll, I'm I'll definitely cop one for sure <laughs> nice man yeah, thanks for that. No problem. Um, so this is the part that I always love because Third Coast Space, we're, you know, diving through the music verse. So um, who are some artists that you would potentially recommend, you know, being on the show within, you know, this season or future seasons? Oh, nice. Um, well, I'm always going to shout out the, uh, the homies and, and the uh, Conduit and Broken fans. So definitely uh, Eisenberg. Uh, is a good homie. We've made quite a few tunes together. Uh, and Brady, who I agreed, who I mentioned earlier, and Claire as well. Those are all definitely good artists to consider. I'm trying to think of who some of my other U.S. acts are. I, I love a lot. Uh, well, 
we already named all of them. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, dude, I've I've shoot. gone through Dallas pretty hard too. I've I've interviewed Typo, Greed, Claire, um, B- <laughs> BTW before he started doing uh, uh, Neustra. Yeah, I, I'm I'm I'm. Like, it's always been about the Dallas locals, especially with, like, the first couple of episodes every season. I love going back to the Dallas locals, all the homies, you know. Nice. Um, okay. Well, COB would be, uh, he's in Chicago, although I'm have to reach like, out. He's, he's actually moving to Dallas now. Nice. Uh, <laughs> he, he's been making some fire ass drum and bass. Um, great stuff. And uh, Ernesto, also, who is at the show, he... Yeah. He's got a really cool mix of uh, kind of techno and uh, broken beat, breakbeat kind of stuff, which I like a lot. Um, uh, well, and Sinistar, too. He was at that show. Yeah, dude, I met yeah. him. He was, per- he was really cool. <laughs> a lot of my acts that I really play, a lot of their stuff are definitely UK guys. Um, cool. Yeah, I mentioned Throwing Snow is somebody I really uh, like a lot of his stuff, but he's, uh, I think he's more introverted than most. <laughs> Someone else to look out for too uh, out of Australia I really like is uh, Willerus K. You heard of him? Willerus K. I don't believe Will- so. Yeah, he's pretty. He's pretty versatile. I like him because he's he's got pretty unique synth work, uh, but he still knows how to like make a weird electronic track, electronic track, or like banging out. Um, and last but not least, I know I'm sure you've heard of Imanu. Oh yeah. Yeah, dude. He, 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 that's my uh, that's my workout playlist. <laughs> Hell yeah! Just Imani, like drum and bass shit. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah, dude. I'm gonna have to get with you after this so I can uh, write those names down for sure and reach out to everyone. Cause, yeah. like I said, this is just infinite expansion as far as I'm concerned. This project of mine, man. Yeah, man. But yeah, dude. So where can people find you on the interwebs? Okay. Yeah. So if you're into the more clubby kind of uh, house breakbeat garage stuff, left, right is the alias for you uh, to check out. It's at left, right music. Uh, it's pretty much, yeah, left, right music for everything. Um, but if you're into more like kind of weird, synthy, even, um, and an RT weird shit. <laughs> then US Sweet End is the my other alias. It's some of it's down tempo, some of it's chaotic, um, but it's mostly not club stuff. I guess that's kind of the point. That's yeah. that's why I have that alias. Is my stuff that's not meant for dance kind of goes to that alias. Nice. Yeah, I've been thinking about having an episode where I kind of have other people's projects, like you know BTW with Nustra, you with US We Them. Uh, etc. I think that'd be nice just to kind of be able to put a platform for those other projects as well. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's it's been nice to have that other side because I've been I've had so much material just building and building up without like really a, a whip, an understanding of where to put it. And then yeah, <laughs> I'm having trouble now even with USB down because the material is just so broad. <laughs> doesn't always fit he's like i'm on my brian eno game right now (laughs) yeah Yeah. totally i feel you on that well yeah man chris i want to thank you so much um i know you got a busy schedule ahead of you trying to move states and shit like that so i'll let you drop your final thoughts for the people who are listening right now yeah man uh well thank you 
guys for checking the shit out. Uh, yeah, if they had any other like parting advice for creatives in general is, uh, yeah, the other big piece is just keep keep going, <laughs> stay consistent because uh, yeah, that's one of the hardest things to do in being an artist is to just stick sticking with it even when things are hard and uh, yeah, just find find fun in it and. Let's make some weird shit. <laughs> Damn right, yo. Wise words, Chris. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, awesome. Thanks so much, Rashad. Yo, so there you have it. Third Coast Space Radio, Season 3, Episode 21. Be sure to like us and the respective artists involved. As always, bitches, keep your goddamn masks on. Or whatever the fuck you want to do or whatever the government says. Who knows? See you guys next month, Episode 22. Be safe, bitches. Blau, plap, 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 plap.